welcome to the prologue episode of T-Berg on Air, the podcast that celebrates the people and communities of the greater 14886. We may venture outside the zip code on occasion, but only with good reason, I promise. My name is Keith Hannon, a village of Trumansburg resident who enjoys shining the spotlight on local people and sharing their talents and experiences. Tonight's episode is a mild step up on the soapbox as a means of explaining the inspiration for launching this broadcast. I don't know if I can call this a broadcast or if that clashes with the technology, but we're going to roll with it. So why start a podcast about Greater Trumansburg? Well, first, tip of the cap to my friends Duxon and Seth, who are Ithaca City Council members for the Second Ward. They recently launched a podcast that helps provide an inside look at the workings of city government. While they beat me to market, the wheels have been turning on this T-Berg podcast for some time. But I just wanted that out there because I know these two guys are adored. And I don't want anyone from their loyal fan base trolling me for infringing on their intellectual property. But I love what they're doing and so should their constituents. It's really important and I wish them the best of luck. So I spent nine months campaigning to represent Greater Trumansburg on the Tompkins County Legislature. Much of that time was spent moving about the streets of the district, knocking on doors, and meeting various members of the community for coffee and the occasional cocktail. Through these interactions, I came to find what many who have lived here a long time probably already know. Our area is home to amazing people who possess an array of impressive skills, professions, and hobbies. I mean, I was really blown away. We are farmers and academics, artists and educators, laborers and musicians, activists and authors, small business owners, and telecommuters. We also have a wide range of political affiliations throughout Northwest Tompkins, Southern Seneca, and eastern Schuyler counties, something that may offer us an opportunity to change the way we coexist with different ideologies. I don't think too many people would argue that the real-time news feed surrounding us brings national politics home to roost at a breakneck pace. While I don't have statistical evidence, I get the sense that our emotional tie to national discourse is spilling over into how we view the people in our local communities. It's hard to focus locally with so much media attention being paid to our federal representatives, but local is where systematic change has the best chance at success. Now, my parents' and grandparents' generations, which you may be part of, used to stress that talking politics and mixed company was a bit of a faux pas as if everyone should maintain a poker face as to avoid any unpleasant confrontations. Today, you can't go 10 seconds without a friend's political rant or shared opinion piece showing up in your social media news feed. There is very little political ambiguity in 2018, and I wonder just how much that's impacting neighborly interactions and civic involvement. On the campaign trail, some people told me how they're on the outs with their neighbor because they discovered their neighbor supported Trump. 
Another conversation with two gentlemen revealed that they felt the biggest issue we're facing here in Tompkins County is illegal immigrants and the city of Ithaca's dedication to protecting them. I think it's safe to say the age of one's political leanings remaining a secret are well behind us. And attempts to reason with one another online is a road to nowhere. Social media is designed to reinforce what we already believe, and the idea that we can persuade one another by lobbying jabs from each other's echo chamber is absurd. But there is hope, and I found it on the doorsteps of my neighbors. I ran for office as an independent. That meant I didn't have the luxury of focusing on people of one specific party. To win, I would need votes from every party, which meant going to every door, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Existing definitions would classify my personal political beliefs as left-leaning, which would make me an undesirable on many doorsteps across our region. After all, our congressional district has elected a Tea Party Republican three times, which stands as a constant reminder that choosing to exist solely within the famous or infamous, depending on your perspective, Ithaca bubble, threatens to ignore the majority of the surrounding communities. Campaigning outside that bubble was a transformative experience for me, as I came to realize regardless of the party affiliation on the voter file, I could have a civil conversation with everyone. We live in a digital age, and while I rely on it for much of my employment, the road to vanquishing political polarization is paved with eye-to-eye conversation that ends with a hug or a handshake. It's far too easy to hurl insults and accusations online, not to mention social media communities are designed to surround you with the people and opinions with whom you already agree. If we're going to ensure that the majority is represented at the highest level of government, we have to regain an appreciation for what we have in common. And when did it become such an insult to disagree? As if differing viewpoints on an issue is a direct attempt to undermine one's livelihood. Disagreement is good. It's healthy. I love it when people disagree with me because it forces me to go back and examine my argument. Sometimes this means gathering more evidence to strengthen it, or it might mean realizing I was wrong. Yes, wrong. It's also okay to admit when we're wrong that we made an oversight, or we reached our conclusion based on a preconceived bias or bad information. Respecting disagreement and admitting fault is a great way to earn trust and be seen as objective. We could probably use a little more of that right now. Our mass media and current political system would not have us behave in this way. It wants us to know the problem is your next-door neighbor who believes X or the group of people who advocate for Y. They want you to blame someone else for why you're tired, stressed, and hurting. Because you would be living like royalty if they weren't taking what they didn't deserve. They want your job. They think their guns are more important than your life or the life of your children. They don't want to work. They just want a handout. They don't care if terrorists threaten your family. 
They only come to this country to commit crimes. And with that attitude, you most definitely do not support the troops. The rhetoric is endless. Every message is designed to pit voters against one another. We're all guilty of engaging in it and spreading it. While the puppet masters cruise to record profits and or another re-election. We have income inequality in this country like we've never seen before. We have three times as many single-parent households as we did in 1960. And many of the households with two parents see both of them working, sometimes more than one job just to break even. Poverty is our country's best-kept secret. No one has a savings account, but they sure are buried in piles of student loans and credit card debt. We work more hours and get paid less than the generations before, and child care, if you can find it, is an extra mortgage payment. We keep finding excuses for divesting in education and educators, which probably explains why our students barely rank in the top 30 for the world, and the average American re- and the average American has a 7th grade reading level. These problems transcend political ideologies and don't discriminate based on your preferred party. They impact almost everyone in every community. But we still insist on highlighting differences over common struggle. We are not a few being held back by the majority. We are the majority being held back by a few. So why the diatribe? Why climb onto a soapbox and throw down this gauntlet? I hope it illustrates the need to break down political polarization, especially at the local level, because that's where change needs to happen. To remember a person is more than their latest political hot take or the sign in their yard or their view on development. It might be a lofty goal, but... Maybe by highlighting the people who make up the fabric of our communities, we can start to overcome the nonsense that subdues unity on a daily basis. This podcast will feature liberals, and it will feature conservatives. We'll laugh with hunters and learn from vegans. We'll get familiar with farmers and brush up on local business. Ideally, you'd meet them all on their front porch, talking face-to-face, but that's not realistic. So allow this podcast to do it for you. We'll reflect on our wonderful history and look ahead to the future. I want to be clear, this podcast was not created to offer more political opinions. It was developed to rise above them, to cut through the unfortunate tension and animosity that prioritizes a minority of issues of which we disagree instead of the overwhelming majority of beliefs and values we all share. I'm stepping off the soapbox now so I can open the door for my first guest, who you'll get to meet in just a few days. Questions, comments, recommended guests? Email us, tbergonair at gmail.com. Until then, you'll find me playing firefighter at the tiny wooden houses on Main Street. I'm Keith Hannon, and T. Air is now off air.